Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Career Talks podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Haynes, talent acquisition leader, author, and speaker. Here is where we provide you actionable advice for your career and life. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Career Talks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Orlando Hangs, and each and every week, I bring you amazing guests with amazing information that will impact your career and life. And again, tonight is no shortage of that. So definitely, this is a personal one for me. Uh, so I'm going to be taking a lot of pen and pads. I'm sorry if I don't ask a lot of questions. I just want to consume at this point. <laughs> uh, so if you're watching, when you're watching, say hello. If you have any questions, definitely throw those in the chat. But let me get right to it. Uh, so this young lady was referred to me uh, by a friend, Meg uh, Applegate, and she's like, she'll be dynamic. Definitely reach out to her, Orlando. I think you two will hit it off. And lo and behold, Meg, you're right. So appreciate you for that. Uh, but let me bring on Miss Becca Conahan. Hello, Orlando. It's so good to be here with you. How are you? I'm good. And I was also kind of dancing to your intro music over here. I'm not, I want to tell it's you pretty that. Cool, right? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I should extend it, but I don't want people to be like, okay, when is this thing going to start? Like, come on. <laughs> it's got a good groove, though. I was, right? This is I was the disco it. session. Um, but uh, welcome, welcome. And thank you uh, for saying yes to the invite. So uh, super excited we connected. But let me first ask, uh, you can share with the folks more about you, Becca, your background, uh, your business and your expertise. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. As Orlando mentioned, my name is Becca Carnahan. I am the founder of Next Chapter Careers, where we specialize in helping mid-career parents land fulfilling jobs they love without giving up the flexibility that they need. And this is a mission that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm a, I'm a fellow parent. For all the parents out there, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I've also been in this career development space for a long time, 15 years or so. And that really started from my work at Harvard Business School in career and professional development, and then ramped into this new chapter of my life as the, the founder owner of Next Chapter Careers. And that really started when my kids were little and we were often at playgrounds. People would hear like that I worked in career services because we did like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? Talk on the playground. And they would say, ooh, can we uh, talk about this for a second? Because I don't like my job anymore or my job, my commute is terrible or I have no idea what I want to do next. So that was the light bulb moment, right? Of like, how can I take all of my experience in career development and apply it to this audience of folks that I love so dearly, fellow parents? Love it. Love it. So I appreciate that you're niching down uh, to that because, all right, a ton of folks out there are parents, but I don't think uh, we as parents get specific advice on how to navigate that because that's the mm -hmm. tough part. It's almost like figure it out, you know, almost 
you toggle between your kids, family, career, which one comes first, what season of the time can you put first? Uh, so I'm definitely, like I said, at the top of the uh, top of the uh, uh, podcast that this is definitely going to be exciting. I'm going to take a bunch of notes. I'm ready to go. So uh, what sparked this uh, this path? For you to take when focusing on on busy parents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I felt this a lot when my kids were born. Kind of going back to going back to work full time and feeling like, okay, my life has changed a lot, and it changed fast. We don't really think about that when you have kids. All of a sudden, it's like you're not a parent, and then you're a parent, and mm. your priorities have shifted. Your goals might have shifted your needs, logistics, there's so much that changes at this inflection point of having kids. And then as my kids were getting closer towards kindergarten age, and my former colleagues at, or my colleagues, still current colleagues at Harvard Business School will will note that I, I was even saying this when they were like a year old, like, well, when, when my son's in kindergarten, they're like, Becca, that's four years away. <laughs> Calm down about this. But I was already thinking those like steps ahead about how my life is going to be changing as my kids' lives changed over the years. So that sparked a career change for me, thinking about that kindergarten inflection point as my kids were going into school, like, well, what changes can I make for my career that's going to allow even more flexibility to be coaching the little league team, getting my kids off the bus? So that was something for me that I was thinking about. And then I was also just watching my kids explore the world and seeing through their eyes, like trying new things and exploring new ideas and finding out what they liked. And I think I got a little jealous. Mm. That makes sense. Like that I was just seeing them explore. I was like, well, could I still do that? (laughs) Could I still like experience new things and try out new things? And I couldn't think of any good reasons why I couldn't. So between those two things about wanting more flexibility and wanting to find new fulfillment in my career, that's what led me to start the business. And then, like I mentioned, hearing from other parents on the playground that something was itching at them too. It was just the perfect combination of me wanting to make this change, exploring it and finding the exact right right person that I wanted to serve. I love that. So when it, what I, what I caught from what you were saying too, so I was like, wow, she has another niche. She can go down for uh, moms who coach teams as well that are busy parents. <laughs> like this, <laughs> you could put together a group for that too. Huh? Oh like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can niche down. So, but um, so with that in your personal life, you saw that gap, you saw, you know, you questioned whether or not it was time for you to make that pivot. Um, what were some of the additional details that, that popped up? That you were like, wow, you said you were getting jealous, but uh, what were one or two or three things specifically that you were like, man, why can't I do that? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a great question. And it was something else that that sparked in the, in the funniest place. Of I was waiting in line at the, the DMV waiting to renew my license. And I love this story because it was, uh, I was, it was a super long line. I had my baby daughter with me and my son was a, a little bit slightly older. And I ended up talking to a woman in line because we were just waiting there for like three hours, like you do, oh. um, for to renew our licenses. And we started talking and we just like did the small talk thing. And she was really cool because she started to ask more detailed questions, less uh she was asking, Well, what are your what are your hobbies? What do you love to do? And I was like, I don't know, like 
feed my kids, <laughs> like sleep occasionally. <laughs> and she kind of pushed me on it. She was like, well, no, like before you had kids or like, what kind of, what about you as a, as a person? I was like, okay, well, let me think about that. Mm. And it really stuck with me. And that's when, that's when I started to write more. And mm. I started to, I knew I loved kind of like running, writing like little funny status updates on Facebook. And I was like, well, could I do more with that? Could I explore this side of me that likes to be creative? So that really sparked me starting a blog. And then that blog started to roll into a co like talking more about career development on the mm. blog. And then that leading into really building the coaching practice. So that was one thing that I just wanted more creativity. I saw my kids finger painting and doing all that stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I love to be creative too. Let's let's go for it. Let's see what else I can do still at this, at this point in my life. So what are some of the components in your business to where you're helping these folks? Is it uh, resume writing, LinkedIn, personal branding, job search? How are you coaching your client base now uh, mm -hmm. as, you know, busy parents? Yeah. So the very, very first thing that we do is the foundational stuff. We need mm -hmm. to figure out what you actually want to do because a lot of people will jump to the resume or jump to efficient job search strategies. And I like to press pause on that and, and really ask the question of, okay, but where is your career sweet spot? What are the things that you actually like doing now? How do you like spending your time at work? Because that might, the answer might have changed from the time that you were 18 or 25 or 30. So it's okay. Let's figure out what you like now and what skills you've built, what skills you want to use. And I find if we start there by just opening up the mind to what could be possible, that's a much better place to start than trying to go right into the personal branding because then we can start to uncover paths that maybe they hadn't considered before. Go ahead. Okay, gonna, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you, you, had, you okay. had a question, so I want to <laughs> yeah. go back to you. <laughs> There's more, but we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yep. So with that, how many of your clients um, answer that question saying, you know what, before I had my second child, my first child, I love this. But now, you know, since then, I saw my I see myself doing X. Yeah, a lot, actually. Mm. A lot. And it might not be a total like total switch from being like an acrobat to a an, an economist right, <laughs> or something right. like that, right? <laughs> like there, there's usually some common threads that people mm -hmm. have, but whether it's looking for something that has a lot more flexibility or exploring a new interest, or just as our lives change and evolve and we have a chance to try out the skills that we're using a lot and realize that I'm getting kind of bored mm -hmm. <laughs> with using this skill. I want to use this skill instead. So whether that comes from having kids or just growing up, I don't think any of us are fully grown up just yet. We're yeah. continuing to progress as we go. So I just like to give per permission to folks to say like, yeah, you're you didn't all of a sudden reach a certain age and that was it. That was just it for the rest of your life. You can continue to evolve and like dig into what really makes you tick. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people change for sure. So because um, I, I like this path that we're going on because I wonder – if you find folks that are driven now, like their drive was, hey, I want to climb the corporate ladder. I want to reach a certain income level, you know, whether it's senior leaders, senior executive, et cetera, to now, like you mentioned, the flexibility is like now 
my interests have changed or may I still want to be a marketer or an aquabac, uh, but I want to do it where it allows me to spend more time. Yeah. So I'm willing to kind of step back a bit or go lateral, but here are my criteria now. I don't need to mm-hmm. go here. Mm-hmm. I need to stay here because it affords me more time as a parent. Yeah. And it's kind of a mixed bag, I'll tell you. And I think mm. that's that's the beautiful part about this is that people think you have you become a parent and then like you everybody wants this. And that's not true. People some people are going to become a parent and say like, "Well, my financial needs have increased significantly." So that's mm-hmm. even more of a further motivator for me to be thinking about higher paying roles or I am I want to showcase to my kids that moving into these like senior leadership roles is possible. So that's a motivator for me. For other people it might be that they do want to shift so they have additional flexibility or they might want to be be an entrepreneur and be like, I want to have total autonomy over what, what I want. But the word that you used is a word I use a lot too is criteria. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what your career criteria are for this next chapter of your career, not forever, but for this next chapter of your career based on your needs. So like the money stuff and the, the benefits, that sort of thing but also your motivators, the people you want to be surrounding yourself with, the the skills you want to use on a regular basis, and your future goals. So when we go through that activity and really get your career criteria nailed in, then we can make really good decisions about what sort of role is going to be the best fit for you next. What are some of the myths that your clients are coming to you? Are Are they using or thinking that because they're now parents, it's a hindrance? Mm-hmm. that may block their progression? Is that ever brought up to you and you're able to work around that? I, I think the biggest myth that I hear people repeat back to me over and over is that I, I think, well, I need to go back to school and I don't have time to go back to school uh-huh. because I have kids. And my answer to that is, well, unless you actually want to go be a brain surgeon and you don't have a medical degree, which I really want you to go get the medical degree before you become a brain surgeon. Um, but in so many cases, you have transferable education and experience that can help you switch to another role. So I've definitely had people decide to go get another degree or certificate, but vast majority not. And they've still been able to make a career pivot. So that's the biggest myth I hear that I don't I don't have time for this. I don't have time because I need to go back to school. Um, So let's just kind of lean into this career that is kind of meh for the next 20, 30 years. And that that makes me ooh, we don't want that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to drill specifically down on women, right? Yeah. Who are having the kids and bringing life into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you hear more of a concern for them if they're taking that that maternity break? And coming back mm-hmm. and now they're like you know what when you know this is not what i thought it was going to be like or they've been out the market for a while six months or so and they're worried about going back because they took they decided to stay home and be a working mm-hmm. home you know to be a stay-at-home mom and now mm-hmm. wanting to come back like how are they overcoming that those hurdles there yeah there's there's some real emotion tied into this Right. So I just want to honor that, that going back into and I kind of stepping away from the paid workforce for any period of time Mm -hmm. and then returning back into the paid workforce, whether that is six months or six years or 16 years. um, There's a lot uh, that people are feeling maybe excited about going back, but also super nervous or they're not sure how to tell their story 
or they're worried that who's even going to pay me to do this because I've taken a, a step out of the paid workforce. So there's there's a lot of emotions with it. But what I tell people, and I'll, I'll kind of start with the people who take a bigger, um, a longer step outside of the paid workforce, and then we can drill it back in to maybe the shorter maternity leave style. Mm-hmm. But for the folks who, uh, let's say they've been out for six years or so, they took a break uh, from the paid workforce to be working to be working in the unpaid workforce at home. And what I tell them, they're worried about their resume gap. <laughs> they're like, I have this resume gap. What do I do with it? I always tell them the same thing, that you don't actually have a resume gap. Mm. You have not been sitting at home twiddling your thumbs for six years. You haven't. You've been doing stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff. And whether that is your full-time caregiving position or volunteer work that you've been doing, ways that you've engaged with your community, some people will tell me, oh, well, I've been out of the paid workforce for this amount of, for six years, but I actually helped my friend with her small business, or I took on this project work, or I did this contract. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much cool stuff that you've been doing over that time that fills that gap. Just because it wasn't one full-time job at XYZ Incorporated doesn't mean you weren't doing cool stuff and brought, have skills and accomplishments that you can note on that resume. And that can help you tell your story. So that's the one way I think I I help parents who are going back into the paid workforce think about telling their story is making sure they're owning their unpaid work as work and showing how those skills can transfer. And then for the folks who are returning from maternity leave, I think it's a lot of time it's going back to that career criteria and seeing how it shifted. That's what I tell folks at that point is like, Let's let's go back to it and see what your career criteria was six months ago. What is it now? Let's let's assess. And if things have changed, let's change with it. If they haven't, let's find a way to make it work and see what your needs are at this point. It's constantly iterative, I think, your life as a as a parent, as a professional. You know what? That's a great segue because I was gonna ask uh well, I'm going to ask next from a company perspective, are you seeing that they're more open to and more understanding of that uh, throughout the you know the years with folks that step out specifically for you know becoming parents yeah um do they value that gap more are they more understanding of that gap in that resume and- i think so yeah i do I, I do think so and i and i say that from experience of working with parents this is who i work yeah. with all the time. And I'm thinking of a few examples off the top of my head right now of folks who had been, I'm going to, I'm going to say out of the workforce, they were doing, they were definitely like doing volunteer work or some of them wrote books and have done other interesting stuff. Um, Just they weren't working for one particular company during this time. And as soon as they built up the confidence in telling their story and being able to show what are what are the things that I bring to the table? What kind of problems am I good at solving? Here's why you want me to come solve those problems. Companies have been like, yeah, I do want you to come solve those problems. Come on board. And it hasn't been hasn't been a struggle. I think you need to own the story and not try to push it aside. Being like, oh, well, I was doing this before. I was working in marketing for 10 years. And then I haven't been doing that for the past six years. Please hire me. That's not the story. <laughs> the story is my past experience was doing X, Y, and Z in marketing 
over the, over the past six years, I've been focusing on X, Y, and Z um, that I've continued to build up my skill set. Now I'm eager to be to be doing this next. There's just a way different way of telling that story that showcases confidence. I think there's uh, definitely, and I'm being biased here uh, for both of us, that parents have um, the next level of, like we talked about, kind of uh, motivator, right? When having yeah. kids, not, so. not throwing shade to any single people out yeah. there, but <laughs> it's just different, right? It's not it's, better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. We just have the extra motivator to get out there and accomplish something, which, you know, I think is, is really, really good because we want to set a standard, be a, you know, be that person for your kids, be that leader or be the example, uh, like you mentioned earlier that, Hey, I can go back and do this and execute at this level. If you want to follow my path, you can do so. Right. What are some of the additional challenges, um, that may pop up through conversation? Is there a common theme that you're always having to educate your client saying, Nope, you're number 422 who said this. Here's <laughs> here's how we overcome that. Let's start here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple that come to mind. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna give you two to start. Uh, one is people saying, Well, the flexibility that I'm asking for is just too too far out there. It's too pie in the sky, like I could never have this. Mm. And then I ask them, Well, what are you really asking for? They're like, Well. I want to be able to stop work at 4 p.m. so that I can go to soccer practice, but I'm fully available from 8:30 until 4. I'm like, okay, <laughs> my friend, you're not asking for too much. You're not. You're really not. Um, or they might ask, like, I, you know what? I just really love to be able to work from home two days a week so that I don't have to do the commute and I can get my kids on the school bus. You're not asking for too much. These are real mm -hmm. things, and I think that's the myth that I like to break down for people is like. Let's figure out what flexibility actually means to you. Let's define it. Let's figure out what your specific needs are that you're trying to meet. And nine times out of 10, you're not asking for too much. You're not looking for a unicorn. Let's go find the positions and the companies that align with what you're looking to do. So that's one. Let's, let's break down this myth that the flexibility that you're asking for is outlandish. And then the second one is that it's a numbers game. I better just pump out as many applications <laughs> as I can <laughs> and, and see what sticks. And my, I always say to them, my friends, um, you, you don't have time for that. <laughs> you don't, no. you're doing, <laughs> you're, you're way too busy. I know you are. So if you're sitting down every night after you read good night moon 12 times and finally get the kids to bed, you're <laughs> going to be scrolling LinkedIn and firing off applications it's not a numbers game. It's really not. We know that more jobs come from networking and referrals. They're not coming as much from these cold applications. So let's spend your precious time that you don't have that much of on activities that are actually going to move the needle. That's good. That's good. Those are my two. I, I could give you more, but I'm going to go with them. <laughs> so, I mean, you just opened up another one. So the networking piece, right? Um, yeah. The world is coming back. We're, we're back to in-person uh, for the most part. Um, do they see that like, oh, it's been so long, I don't have time, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. uh, how are you coaching them around like, hey, the importance of networking is huge, like you just said. It's probably mm -hmm. 60, 70, 80% of, you know, an opportunity that can come that uh, come from that. Mm -hmm. How are you getting that hurdle and breaking through those barriers? Yeah, yeah. And what I tell other parents is that you know what? I don't want to go to the awkward wine and cheese networking mixer either. 
<laughs> I desperately don't. They're super uncomfortable. And so instead, let's think about networking as like building one-to-one -one relationships. I'm never going to send someone who's introverted or who enjoys hanging out in their sweatpants, telling them they have to go to the wine and cheese mixer because I don't think they're as effective as finding people who have walked a similar path that you have made a similar transition that you want to make or who are working at your target company or are in your ideal function and coming to them with genuine curiosity about their path, about their experience and asking really good, insightful questions that will help you learn more about the path that you want to go down, show them that you're genuinely interested and a cool person uh, that they want to get to know and invest in. And you're just gathering so, you're just gathering so much good information. That's what networking can be. It can be just talking with people individually. And one of the superpowers that we have as parents <laughs> is the other parents in our community. I can think of a couple people off the top of my head who, who are like, oh, you know what? So-and-so at my kid's school, they work for that company. <laughs> I should go talk with that person. Like, yes, you absolutely should. And I have had people go directly into interview rounds because they were they talked to one of the kid, kids' parents at school, had a really good informational networking type of conversation, got a good referral into a hiring manager, and off they go. Uh, so we can tap into our networks in a lot of different ways without it being awkward. It can just be talking with the people that you already know, looking for introductions, and being open to being genuinely curious about their experiences. Got it. So you work with busy parents. Mm -hmm. So what's the makeup, would you say, of your um, your client base, women versus men or couples, single parents? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so probably about a 70-30 split in terms of women and men. Um, and they're all the folks that I work with are typically in their typically in their 30s and 40s. Uh -huh. They have kids that are at various stages. Uh, I work with a lot of parents who have that uh, early, early elementary toddler, but also some folks who uh, their kids are getting ready to go to college and that's the next chapter that they're thinking about in their lives. And what else do they have in common? They're all, yeah, they all got a lot on their plates, <laughs> right? So they're uh, <laughs> they're doing a lot and they're trying to think about how they're actually going to fit their needs mm -hmm. into the equation because they haven't done it very often. Do you think, and this is more of a personal question that just popped up. Mm -hmm. Do you think as parents, we feel sometimes guilty about our aspirations and goals when we have kids? Do you yeah. think? I, I think so. I, I have. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think. Um, to, yeah. I think. Uh, I think for there's times where uh, I to, let's let's use right now as an example. My kids are downstairs having dinner, and I'm doing something for for my business right now. Is there a small part of me that's like, oh, maybe I should be helping out downstairs? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But at the same sense, I think I've started to get over that by my kids. And that's the, one of the bonuses of working from home is that my kids get to see what I do and they get to see how happy it makes me. They get to see that I get to, I bring in an income that lets us do cool stuff too and puts, puts food on the table and um, lets us to live, live where we want to live. And that's really cool. So there's always these little pieces of guilt, I think, about spending time on ourselves, but I do try to reframe it and 
bring my kids into the conversation. Like this is why mom does what she does, mm -hmm. not just to make money, but also because it's part of, it's part of who I am. It's part of what I love. And I want you to have that same experience when you're an adult, when you're a parent, so that you don't have to just completely give up the stuff that, that lights you up right? because you have kids. Yep. Love it. Love it. So from the men, let me ask you, um, what, what's been the feedback or blockage from, from the man's perspective when they're, you know, as they're coming to you? Yeah. I mean, some of it's the same mm. to be quite honest. Like some of it's the same around, around flexibility. There is this same around fulfillment, like wanting to actually enjoy what they're doing. I think that more, it's it's not exclusively, but I think more times I'll have the conversation with men about money, right? Mm -hmm. Early on at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll we'll get the conversation with the women a, a little bit later. But that's one of the big pain points that that's the men that I'll work with will come to me saying, Well, like, well, we have these needs as a family. I'm feeling like we need to to, to do X, Y, and Z. I need my salary to be here. Mm -hmm. Like, great, let's write that down, but then let's let's back up a minute and figure out what are your other career criteria? Where what do you actually want to do? Because I know that's not the only thing on your mind. Um and eventually I'll have the same money conversation with women too, but there's probably a I don't know, a stereotypical thing that maybe men are feeling more of that that pressure coming in to, to yeah. think about money. And I, um you're you're nodding, so maybe you yep. have felt this as well. <laughs> maybe that's not surprising. Uh, but I do, I do, we have to have the money conversation, yeah. both men and women, because we're, um, if you're in a, a, a partnership, uh, um, whether it's a opposite gender, or same gender partnership, you're a partnership, you're coming together, mm -hmm. um, to, to support you and your family. So money's always going to be part of that conversation. Yeah. And there's still, yeah, there's still that heavy onus on society, you know, the man being the provider. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what, you know, what the wife does. Um, but yep, yep. So I can see how they just strictly like, oh, <laughs> I need money. I'll, I'll work everything else out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they just they're using if they're married, they're using what, uh, you know, their spouse as a default. Like, hey, I, this is what it is. This is the income. Everything else you can do. <laughs> right? So Yeah. We, and that's I mean, uh, we like to I like to break that down. I think there's always um, there's a really great book and activity. Um, Eve Rodsky wrote the book Fair Play. Uh, I just want to yeah. call out. It's a great one for for couples who are thinking about balancing. Yes, maybe you have two um, a two paid workforce household mm -hmm. and how do you think about balancing the work at home too so that it no parent really is the the default parent to take care of the home stuff and no parent is the default parent who's taking care of the money you're figuring out what are your key responsibilities how are you working together as a team to to feel most supported and i just i love the book i love the activity i think it's a game changer for couples who are trying to balance stuff at home oh, that's good okay and you said fair play fair play yeah have you ever coached couples at the same time? Good question. You know, I've, I have not at the same time. Um, I've had people, I'll, I'll coach one of them and then one of them will be like, you know what? I'm going to have my husband come talk to you <laughs> or <laughs> okay, I'm going to have my wife come talk to you. Um, because sometimes some of the activities that I do as a career coach, I do have them go back and talk if they are, if they're, are married, mm -hmm. if they have a, a partner, 
I'm going to ask them, like, go do this activity and then get your partner's input on what you wrote or talk with your, have this conversation mm. with your partner about your budget, about salary needs, about career criteria so that you're on the same page. If that's something important to you. And I think that sparks something in the other one uh, to be like, oh, okay, we did this as a team and now I kind of want to do it, some of this stuff for myself here too. So that's always fun when I see couples getting together um, to come up with their together career criteria and then building their own that support those goals. Any success stories you can share with us? Yeah. From, oh, yeah. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Some of my favorites. Some of my favorites. Um, one, I, I worked with a mom who was a fashion designer in New York um, mm -hmm. who moved across the country during COVID and right before COVID and was looking for a new role, was really struggling, trying to find other fashion jobs. And then we started to work together and really uncovered that she didn't actually want to work in fashion anymore. She hadn't realized that. Um, what she wanted wow. to do was to get more into some of the stuff that she had been doing volunteer work with sustainable farming. You know wow. what she's doing now? She's yeah, she's the uh, <laughs> she was doing urban farming in New York. Now she is leading. She's the director of a school farm program in Colorado now, uh, and she was able to identify this new career sweet spot for herself. And we built we built a new network. We talked about how ways she could tap into the people that she already had started to meet in Colorado. She did some cool volunteer work, some projects, and then had multiple job offers that she was considering. She's doing mm. amazing. Um, so that's a cool total switch story. That, that's um, the aquabat to economist. <laughs> yeah, it kind of yeah. is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that one. There's a couple others that were I've orchestra player to like program manager um in like a tech company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so cool. Um another one that's less less of a dramatic shift, but I think this one's really important too is another mom who had been in marketing for her career. Her mm -hmm. daughter was born and she was just like really struggling. She's like, I don't know why I don't like my job anymore. I can't figure this out. And what we uncovered was like, there was some real culture stuff mm -hmm. that wasn't well aligned with her company. She couldn't put her finger on it, but we figured it out. And then it was also the skills that she wanted to use. Even though you think about marketing as one function, there's different ways of being a marketer yep. and there were certain skills that she wasn't having a chance to tap into as much. So in working together, she was able to network in, find this cool company that had well aligned from a culture perspective. She was able to kind of even craft the role, negotiate. She got like a 50% pay bump when wow. she made this switch with benefits that aligned. So it doesn't have to be the acrobat to an economist. It can be making a shift within your current function or industry. But that 20%, that 15% shift that you're doing can make the world a difference. So let's let's unpack one of those acrobat to economist story. Because, I mean, that's that's insane. I don't hear much of that at all. But what... <laughs> Share, share a little bit about the steps you had to, you know, take to really uncover the talents, the transferable skills, the interests. Like, what was that systematic approach like? Because that yeah. that that's huge. I don't care what no one says. That's <laughs> huge. 
I know. It's like it's so cool going from dog walker to CEO of IB. It's just so yeah unheard of. And think you like you did what you were playing. Okay, you were an orchestra. Now you're a program manager. I guess you can. <laughs> that one seems a little more achievable, but the first one. Like what? <laughs> I mean, first of all, she was just really cool and very mm -hmm. dedicated to this work. Um, but there, there were some steps too. So the first thing that I do with folks is like before we ever touch a resume, we, before we ever do any of that stuff is we sit down and I ask them to write down everything that they like. And they're like, okay, what do you mean? Like, okay, I, I like my family. I like watching sports. I'm like, nope, keep going. And I make them keep going for like 10, 15 minutes of just like actually writing down the things that they like, thinking about the the books that they like to read, the podcast they listen to. If they had an hour of free time, what would they do with it? Mm -hmm. If what are the, how do they spend their money? What are the causes that they support? I give them these prompts to be like, you got to keep going. You like a lot of wow. stuff. Let's write it all down. Um, and then let's look at the why. We take our big list. Why do you like these things? And the example I like to use is someone could have written down that they like Instagram, they like art museums, and they like coloring with their kids. <laughs> Those are three things. So maybe the why behind them is actually that they really enjoy creative expression. They like the creativity. Yeah. But that's why they pick those three things, the, the visual art form in each one. But someone else could have those same three things. And it's more about interpersonal connection. Mm -hmm. And the Instagram is about sending messages to their friends. The art museum is visiting uh, museums with a group of people. Coloring with their kids is about actually sitting down and talking with them and having that time to build the relationship. So when we can put down all the things that you like and figure out why you like them, there's some themes there. And for, for my friend here who made this huge, huge shift, so many of her themes were going to like to being outside and to sustainability and farming and nature. And there wasn't a whole lot about fashion on there anymore. Oh. So we were like, well, there's something right there. Let's let's explore this a little bit further. So that's the first step of it. We can go deeper into the skills and figuring out who potentially could pay you to do these things. We need to kind of go deeper. But I love that first activity. So for folks who are listening who are feeling stuck in any way, I challenge you to try it, to try to do that 10-minute exercise and see what you come up with. Yeah, you're putting them through a therapy session, more kinda. therapeutic and kind of brain dump first, mm -hmm. which is is good because traditionally – we will store all these things in traditional thoughts and processes and what society tells us we should do and pivot to that. Or should I say default to just that? Get my resume back up, get my LinkedIn profile looking good. Um, what's the best way to network and interview? Who do I reach out? How do I reach out, et cetera? Um, but you're bringing it from, again, a, 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 the therapeutic standpoint of let's find your core, your whys, rather, yeah. your whys. And then reverse engineer that list. Yeah. Because I don't want you wasting time doing the same thing. Let's let's redo that. Let's dive deep. Let's really dive deep and mm -hmm. then and then find an answer for it. Love that. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so much more fun too. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of it. Sometimes job search, career development can seem kind of like stuffy and boring and stressful. And people don't want to do it. So I understand. Mm. Uh, so I find if we bring a little bit of just like fun and lightness to the beginning of it, it can help people yeah. get excited about this again and have it 
have it be something that's that's fun and enjoyable instead of battling through what I call like the should storm um, of like, I should be doing this next. I should want this. Like, it's just, it's a big should storm. And we didn't <laughs> like get through that and instead think about, let's just like have some fun with it. Think about the things that you like before we get into any of the shoulds. You, that you got a patent net. You might have to trademark that. It's a, it's, uh, a shit yeah, storm. I, that's that's, that's not how it works. I'm gonna... <laughs> it's a shit storm. That thing, that's a book. That's a book. <laughs> Ooh, next one. Okay. I'm yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. Uh, share with us your personal journey, your pivot from working in corporate America to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the, the big myths around making a shift to entrepreneurship for people mm-hmm. is that, okay, it needs to, it's, there's no gray area. You know, like I'm working for a company and now I am a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> um, and I think there's just so much gray in between. I had this business on the side for two, three years before mm-hmm. it ever became my full-time gig. So I think that's another good way to, to bring people into this. Like the first paycheck I had was like 60 cents for making advertising money on my blog. And that was maybe in 2017, 2000 or something like that. I Um, quit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As much as I wanted to be like, oh, I love this. I want to write all the time. I remember telling my husband, like, I want to be able to write all the time and like have control of my schedule and be super creative. I just want to like leave my job and do this. And he was like, he was very patient. (laughs) And he was like, great okay, what's the business plan? I was like, I don't know. I just want to do it. <laughs> He's like, all right, cool. Come, let's let's think through this. And so then I actually got more serious about, well, if this is what I really want, let's let's reverse engineer the goal. Let's, if I want to have my own business, what, how much money do I need to be making? Mm-hmm. What, where to where, what are the different products or services that I actually could offer based on my my skills and experience? So I did some reverse engineering. I did some experimentation too, um, starting with a couple of ideas, whether it was making some advertising money from the blog and then consider like taking on some client, some coaching clients and having digital products and some things worked well and some things didn't. And that's, I think, the fun part of being an entrepreneur is that there is so much gray and you can start this as a side hustle. You can start mm-hmm. it as something that you're you're building it takes a lot of work to have a full-time job and something on the side but it was a hundred percent worth it because i was never going to be prepared to go from full-time job working in higher education to boom now i'm successful entrepreneur there had to be a build-up and the the build-up was worth it love it so let's let's take a step back because your background is not just coaching uh, parents, you started mm-hmm. somewhere, you cut your teeth at HBS, uh, yep. Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. So walk us through, you were there for quite some time. Yep. Uh, walk us through coaching the students a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And what their mindset is and kind of what they foresee in this current, what I like to call, I say it almost every podcast now, career economy, um, mm-hmm. even coming from, you know, you know, one of the, sure. the leading top schools, if not the top school, um, what are they seeing and how are you coaching them on what's what's going on in today's market? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think for the for the students and I, like you mentioned, I was with Harvard Business School for a long time. And I still I still do coaching with Harvard Business School. I think a lot of the students are coming in thinking about career pivots and they've, they've chosen to go to business school because they're looking to make a change in some way. 
So we start them through a similar type of, it's not the exact same process. It's different that I do with the, with the parents I worked with, but figuring out, yeah, what are, what are, what are their things that they're most interested in? How can they start to explore that? So that's what I love doing with the students too, is let's start to explore a little bit more. What, it, what classes are you finding interesting? Uh, where are you, what conversations do you want to have keep going when you're sitting in the dining hall? Uh, where, where are you feeling the spark? And let's explore that a little bit more. And then there's the, there are the realities too of kind of moving into a, an economy where there's been some, there's been some ups and downs. <laughs> let's just call it what it is. And what I've been talking with, with students about when there's, I've been there for a while. So there's been ups and downs in the economy um, at several times throughout that time is, okay, let's come up with what the ideal role is that you're looking for and what's the the plan, what's the, what's the networking plan that you're going to do to get there because it's not just going to be the cold applications. We mm -hmm. need to be building those relationships, talking with people, telling your story. Um, and it might not be this one dream company. You might need to broaden the list out a little bit and think about other companies that you haven't explored yet that have very similar aspects to them. So I think there's there's an opportunity here um, when there's there's some dips in the economy to have people be even more creative about where they could apply the skills that they want to use, the interest areas that they have, and thinking outside of some of just the, co the companies that they immediately know and going into other companies that maybe they hadn't heard of before that are doing really interesting work. Do are they coming out? And this is specific to just the brand of HBS. Do students nowadays are still are they hopeful still based on where they're graduating from? Because I think mm -hmm. I mean, regardless if you if you package yourself well, personal brand, things like that, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But there's still, you know, with the Ivy League schools, you you have a little bit more edge and weight, um, you know, to your criteria. Are mm -hmm. they are they still hopeful? Um, with that, looking at the market, or mm -hmm. do you f come across students like it doesn't even matter at this point? I got to pivot to be an entrepreneur to to or create my own, you know, create my own way because the market's just not there. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I, mean, I so I can speak to a couple. Uh, just thinking about a couple of students that I've, I've talked with recently. Some of them are, are like are have great offers and places that they're mm -hmm. going and they're super excited. Uh, a lot of the folks that I work with right now through my work with HBS are a lot of alumni too. So we also coach uh, alums. So that's probably more, yeah. more of what I can speak to at the moment. And they're going through their own career pivots. And I think there's, there's always going to be with anyone, whatever, whatever school you went to, there's going to be moments of feeling really hopeful and excited. And there's going to be moments where you're feeling down and frustrated. I think that's just a, a human part of, of any job search. So I, I, I like, I think it's helpful for people to remember that Whatever school you went to, whatever your background is, it's okay if you're feeling if you're feeling the ups and downs with this. You don't have to be eternal eternal sunshine about your job search. You can, <laughs> you're gonna have some like some down feelings, and that's where having having a coach or having a process to help you to feel the feel all those feels um, that are that are happening and reframe and come up with a strategy so that you're not just trying to push through the and pretend, pretend like you shouldn't be having these feelings. You should, let's, let's feel them out. Um, but then also come up with a strategy that works well for your individual search. I mean, I think that's the key point there, right? The, the feeling behind 
the whole process and really embracing that, going in deep with it again, mm -hmm. versus making um, what might be a knee jerk traditional reaction yeah. based on current economics. You know, you got to pay bills. That's the reality of it. But you don't want to jump from the fire and pan into the fire uh, because yeah. you just got to find something real quick. So <clears throat> that's that's really where folks, I think, need to be. It's tough, right? It's tough because mm -hmm. when real life happens, real life happens. Yeah. Um, you you got to make fast decisions. And, and that's where a bridge role can come into play, too. Uh, so I talk with a lot of folks about bridge roles between, mm. okay, if your ideal position is not going to happen right now. The company that you really wanted to work for just had huge rounds of layoffs. And that company probably isn't going to be the one that you're working for in the next six months or so. Okay. Um, so what is the bridge role that's going to help you get closer to that goal? Could it be, Do you, what do you need to kind of learn or test to help you get closer to that? Do you need to get other industry experience? Do you need to maybe pivot within your function? Could you take on a role that gives you more autonomy or management responsibility? What's the bridge that's going to help you get closer to that next thing? And that can still keep you really motivated towards reaching that dream role, even if it feels a little bit out of reach at this very moment. Love that. Love that. So uh, we're coming close to time and I want to be mindful of it. Uh, share with folks where they can find you, consume your content and connect with you. Yeah. Uh, this went by so fast. Oh I my know. goodness. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can keep going forever. Um, so <laughs> our kids will get bad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, huh? So, someone's going to come walking through the store. Exactly. Here. Um, so I, it's just been such a pleasure chatting with all of you. Um, you can come find me at my website is my name. So beccacarnahan.com. It's a great place to, to find me. I have a free training on there. If you're saying like, you know what? Yeah, a flexible and fulfilling job sounds really good. Um, but what are some of the steps? I walked through a little bit of it uh, in, today's, in today's session. But if you want to come find the free training there, just head over to BeccaCarnahan.com. You can find it right there on the homepage. And you can also find me out here on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time hanging out on LinkedIn. So uh, follow me, connect with me. I'd love to, to chat with you here too. Awesome. Two final questions for you, Becca. What's next for you in your business? What do you, what next big project you're working on yeah, or like yeah. to work on? Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot more group coaching over the past year, which I love. I love the community that we've built with the Career Clarity Program. Uh, so that's what I'm most excited about right now is continuing to uh, to build that, that community that we've already built, which is just beautiful people supporting each other, coming together in these group coaching calls. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then the other thing too, I've, I've written a couple books and I'm kind awesome. of itching to write another one. It's, I, I feel like I have that, that feeling right now. So I've written a couple children's books, uh, have a, a nonfiction book, When Mommy Grows Up. Uh, so I'm thinking about what's next. If I want, uh, if I want to do the children's book or maybe the should storm becomes a book, Orlando, that might've sparked it, something. I'm from telling you. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you lots of credit in that. Uh, <laughs> the thank yous on that one. So I, I have a feeling another book's coming. I just got to work that, work that one out in my brain. Love it. Love it. Send me the links so I can drop them in the notes post, uh, post the broadcast for sure. So people can go ahead and dive over there. Final question for you, Miss Carnahan. Um, what gets you going every day? What's your motivator? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, do you mean my kids waking me up out of bed in the morning, telling me it's time for breakfast? Yeah, or... right. <laughs> we can, we can talk about that. But... That's true on both ends, right? I yeah. mean, so I will say like, it's it's definitely my early riser eight-year-old who's like staring at me in the morning, but like, mom, can you get me a waffle? Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely getting me up in the morning. But I mean, it's also, it sounds so cliche, but I just love watching my kids like grow up and I love being part of that. I love that I've built a business where I don't have to ask anybody to go be the chaperone for the field trip that we're going on this week. I don't have to, I have no concerns about coaching little league at four 30 in the afternoon on a Monday. Uh, I just, I, I get excited about watching them grow up and I'm glad that I've been able to craft a career that lets me do both of the things that I love. Awesome. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, she is a career coach for uh, busy parents. She is a uh, major league baseball coach for her kids. <laughs> <laughs> they were hitting great tonight. I got to tell you. <laughs> uh, she is doing it all, folks. Becca, I appreciate you uh, so much again for the time, for the wisdom. Um, and again, I love the niche that you're in because we need help for sure. Yeah. And it's okay to ask for it. It's okay exactly. to ask for help, parents. <laughs> exactly. We we have to get that embedded in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, any last parting motivational words? Anything you want to say to the audience who's gonna who's watching now and is yeah. gonna uh, catch the replay? I think I just want to thank everyone for your time. And I know that your time is is really precious, and you have a lot going on. So I just want to thank you for spending some time with us. And if you haven't heard enough thank yous today take this one from us uh, because I think that you're doing a great job and I know you're working really hard and I, I appreciate you. Love it. Love it. From one busy parent to another. I appreciate you again. Hold on one second for me, but I'm going to close this out. Okay. We see you next time folks here on the career talks podcast.